Hey everybody, welcome once again to another episode of Ugo Steak Sports Talk. And I am Ugo Amadi, the host and anchor of the show. And today I'll be talking about Chelsea as its leads, and then I'll be giving my opinion on the um, Champions League fixture that will be coming up later on this evening. <laughs> so, <laughs> for Chelsea fans out there, congratulations, finally you've got a win. Well, three points, even even though it seemed uh, in the beginning, or it seemed during the game, rather that uh, <laughs> it will be one of those other games that we've seen where great chances and <clears throat> being being unable to take those chances, you know, and just a totally wasteful day. And then, even after Chelsea got the goal via set piece, because at this point <laughs> you would take whatever you get if you're a Chelsea fan, if you're a Chelsea player. If indeed you're Graham Potter, you take whatever you get, you know, uh, because you just had to stem the rot, you know. So, whatever way the goal comes, you take it. But even in spite, even despite the win, the game wasn't really convincing. Had more of the ball as usual, you know. In the first 20 minutes, put Leeds under pressure, but... That only lasted for that initial 20 minutes. And then in the second half, I don't know what, what sort of substitutions Grand Potter made, but it sort of gave Leeds United the impetus, you know, to come on to Chelsea. They were playing their game. They created opportunities for them to get themselves back into the game. And it would have been interesting to see what would have happened, you know, if Chelsea actually, you know, scored, scored a goal. I mean, at least actually um, scored a goal versus um, Chelsea, whether they would have been able to um, come back to get a win or if Chelsea would have been able to, you know, show some backbone, that, which I've not shown, to be honest, um, for the better part of this season. So, congrats to Graham Potter. He's, he's got his, his first win in, like, um, eons in, full, in, in, full, in football, football, football in terms of football. If you're counting in football years or, or football time skills, um, that brings you to three wins in 16 games, which is just horrible. Even for a mid-table side, even for a side that doesn't actually compete for titles, that's horrible. Uh, much more um, a Chelsea side that should be in a very bad season competing for the top four, in the top top four positions. You know, no matter how bad the season is for a club like Chelsea. You know, with the ambitions, with the money spent, you know, on players, Chelsea should be at least competing for, you know, top four position, or at least having a disappointing season in fifth, or worst case scenario sixth, but find yourself um, in tenth position, propping up the rest of the uh, top half of the table. Uh, well, a win is a win. Hopefully, it's a harbinger of good things to come. And more wins to come, hopefully. Um, but for me, I feel the jury is still out on Graham Potter. I still feel he still has a lot, a lot to prove, uh, because the changes he makes, um, his choices in game management, are still questionable. You know, still iffy. So, but once again, let's see if this pours on Chelsea to the next talking point, which is Tottenham. Uh, if it's pausing Chelsea to get the result that they would need to get through to the next uh, round of the Champions League in their game versus Dortmund that will be played at Stamford Bridge, um, Chelsea will be at home for that game. Now, we know Dortmund 
<laughs> it's definitely no Leeds United. You know, they've got players who can hurt the team. And more importantly, I think they've got a coach that can hurt, hurt um, Graham Potter um, with his tactics. You know, because Graham Potter hasn't really proved himself to be the best tactician or the greatest tactician in the world doing his stint at Chelsea so far. So let's see how that goes. So for me, I still feel the jury is still out. And I still think someone like Zinedine Zidane or Luis Enrique should be brought in to replace him. And I, I don't know what would happen if Chelsea loses this game um, versus Dortmund if the owners would hold on um, to their supposed guns or hold on to or still stand by um, the position they've taken all through the um, season or at least all through the, the period where uh, Graham Potter was hired, which is understanding by the manager, standing by the coach, come rain, come shine, come 15 more losses after this uh, or 10 more losses after this and they'll still be backing him. It will be interesting to see if Chelsea indeed loses that game. There's something that's really, really a bother with the way Graham Potter sets out his team. Now, if you want to play a false nine, you want to crowd the midfield. You want to bring your wide players as close as possible, especially when you have goal-scoring wide players. You want to bring them as close as possible to your um, false nine. So, i.e. if you're having Jao Felix, which he's confirmed in this and the pre-match conference for the Champions League, that is actually Felix, not Felix, you know, so that's the thing with Portuguese names that actually pronounce more like English names than the Spanish names, than Spanish names are. So when you see a J-O-R-G-E, it's George as opposed to Jorge. You know, when you see a J-O-S-E, it's Jose as opposed to Jose if it was um, a Spanish name. So if you have your um, Jao Felix playing the false nine, you want to actually bring Modric and Noni Madrike as close as possible to um, to Jao Felix or Kai Havertz. You know, that's what you want to do. And um, hopefully by next season, you want to bring them close to Nkunku. So that's what you want to do. But Potter somehow decides to play a false nine, refusing to play Abomiang or Dato Fofana, and then he has his wingers playing high and wide. That just seems a bit strange um, to me. So, um, respect to this game um, predictions, score predictions. Me, I don't do predictions. I don't do predictions. For me, um, what I would wish to see or would like to see would be a two two goal um, victory, a comfortable two nil victory. Even if at this point in the season, um, Chelsea has not never done comfortable. In fact, that's another statement. I've lost a lot of games. Um, so I'd love to see a Tony victory. But I just have a sneaky feeling that the game would end up being a 1-1 draw. Uh, with um, Borussia Dortmund advancing to the next stage. Um, so, so that's what I think would, would be the scoreline for for the game so fingers crossed all Chelsea fans let's see how it goes and then something else I've been making the rounds um, on social media is Victor Osimhen um, and the Chelsea looking to sign a striker um, an actual number 9 
but what's strange is you actually have two number nines that you're not playing so let's keep that um point aside and talk about to simon he's actually said he's doing all he can he's preparing himself he's working hard to ensure that he gets a dream move to the premier league but his focus is on um, napoli helping them obviously um to win their first scudetto in in decades you know i think the last time they won it was when Diego Maradona was still um done in the sky blue of the nipples of the nipple side so um it would be lovely it would be nice um a good old nigerian boy like myself to have victor Simon play for um play for chelsea football club but the question i have is would he be used would he be used to the best of his ability and this is not the question of playing him as a number nine but actually getting the players to play for him because when that happened under Frank Lampard, Frank Lampard made, play, made players like Macy Mount, Kai Havertz feel like they were just the business of the team, you know, and didn't really create for strikers. And then Thomas Tuchel, though he was a far better coach than um, Frank Lampard, evidenced by the finals that Chelsea got to under him and obviously winning the um, UEFA Super Cup winning the World Club Cup and of course winning the Champions League you know he also fell into the trap of not playing to the strengths of your striker so my question is if you have a number nine you have to play to the strengths of your number nine you have to create opportunities for your striker if your striker is spacey and needs the ball first time you have to be ready to play the ball first time and not hold on to the ball for 20 hours if your striker is a big bulky giant that wants to receive the ball in his chest and hold off defenders you have to play that ball in if your striker is someone who likes to play on the left flank and then gets the ball and cuts on to his right but you have to get the ball to him in his uh, preferred position how he wants it because one thing people don't seem to get because in this era where you have a lot of flare players people are drawn to the flare players the guys that can dribble past five six players and they don't seem to realize how difficult it is to score a goal and don't understand don't seem to appreciate that goal scoring is an art form in itself you know that only strikers only strikers have you could have a free scoring midfielder but that instinct that goal scoring instinct that number nine has that midfielder would never you know have um such um such an instinct so for me if you want to play an if you want to sign an actual number nine you should be ready graham potter or uh, whichever culture comes in because I, I still think Potter should be is saying his goodbyes but um, Todd Bully and the clearly capital guys seem to know seem to know um, best at this um, at this moment so let's see what happens um, um, on that front you know so whoever mm-hmm. comes in to coach or if you Graham Potter that remains as, as coach of the side as his coach on team and um, if you sign in number nine be ready to play to his strengths you know, be ready to play to his strengths. One thing I don't want is for Victor Simeon to come to Chelsea and, you know, be called a flop. Not a flop because he missed dozens of chances, but because midfielders who were meant to create for him refused to create for him. For him. You know, that's the problem Chelsea has had, you know, after Harry Gaz and Diego Costa. 
midfielders refusing to create for strikers holding onto the ball far too long even when the team you know hits on the counter hits on the break slow to let to release the ball slow to spot um um, the striker and even slower to to pass the ball to to the striker so if you're going to get a striker then because Simon is your guy but you have to place the strength and then the other name I'm sort of making the rounds is Tommy Abraham and a Nigerian boy boys opposite play for England because there's a dual, na- na- dual nationalities and he's obviously up to play for England and that's no news but for me if you have the opportunity to sign Victor Simon you don't sign Tammy Abraham, whatever. If you have the opportunity to sign, because right now, <laughs> Victor Simon is the most informed striker in Europe. Right now, he's the most informed striker in Europe. You don't, you know, <laughs> sort of forgo the opportunity to sign Victor Simon for a few million pounds and then sign Tammy Abraham. That's a massive, massive downgrade. It's not even close. It's not even close. So hopefully that um Dawson will be signed <laughs> next season and be bagging bagging the goal for Chelsea. So at this point I've come to the end of um today's episode. It's a quick one. Um just some quick plugs. You can check out my comic book um, website on www.wahalacomics.com that is W A H W A H A L A c-o-m-i-c-s one word dot com you can also follow on instagram at wahala comics you can also follow on um twitter at wahala comics uni and you can from you can also follow me if you want to hear more of my opinion on life and um football and everything else apart from comics you can follow me on steak ugo on instagram and also ugo steak on Steak Ugo on Twitter and Ugo Steak on um, Instagram. So once again, thanks for listening. And um, also, yeah, before I forget as well, at least I forget, you should, if you are um, living in Leeds or in the, in the North, in Northeast or in Yorkshire, um, there's the Leeds International African Festival um, that's coming up this year. Keep your eyes peeled on this podcast and also on this podcast i'll be giving you more info more information and who knows i may be able to um, snag some tickets and have them up for uh, my dear listeners so once again thanks for listening and it's me who saying have a wonderful day bye-bye